0: they smell bad on the outside. It's Nescapades, a chronological journey through the North American Super Nintendo library with a few pit stops along the way. We play them briefly, we judge them harshly, we rank them. That is pretty much all you need to know. I am Chase Keys. And I'm Emmy
1: Zero. Yeah, we are back after a little bit of a hiatus. We hope the hiatus was good for all of you. It was, it was, you know, pretty good for us, I think. And uh, we are back To uh, talk about some more storied series. Boy, none more storied, I think, of course, than Super Caesar's Palace. I mean... That's right. What a franchise. The legacy, the legendary legacy of this game, this series, this property, it's unbeatable, frankly. Yep.
0: Uh, You could say the house always wins. (laughs) Uh, Sure, sure could. Sure could. So we also got a Star Wars game in there. um, Yeah. And we've got
1: Sunset Riders, which is uh, a cowboys. Cowboy game. Wild West action. And uh, it is here for your pleasure on the Super Nintendo. Uh, what do you, what do you say we, uh, we get into it? Just, just jump right in with this bad boy. Uh, one of these bad boys. They're all bad boys in different ways, I think.
0: Well, I guess, you know, the, the Star Wars people are are fighting bad people, so they are, they are. Yeah. The the Jedi are mostly on the level, but, uh, Mm -hmm. Yeah, gamblers and cowboys—you know—they—they—they they, can—they can be good or they can be very bad. Who knows? Mm-hmm. We're gonna—we're we're, gonna—we're just let's let's start with
1: Super Caesar's Palace. I don't even know where I'm going with any of this. It's a hard transition. There's—it's a very hard way, very hard to to do an effective transition into that one. So
0: I don't—I don't know enough about Star Wars to know what the fictional gambling games of that universe are.
1: Uh, I feel like this is a real that bad vibes game personally, but uh, we'll get to that. I think you've got some history for us to go through before before we get to it. So, yeah, I do. So, um, So Super Caesar's Palace
0: comes to us from publisher Virgin Games and developer Illusions Gaming Company, which was founded by former Virgin Interactive employees Darren Bartlett and James Collitz. Uh, Illusions had a kind of a strange and short life making licensed games in the '90s. This was actually their first game, uh, and now there's a there's an article about this game uh, from an. It's actually an old um, GameSpot article that's unfortunately only available on uh, Internet Archive now. Uh, Internet Archive, pretty good thing that we really ought to fight to preserve, yep. folks. Yeah, <laughs> really. True. Um, anyway, so. Um, So Paul McHenry spoke to Collitz and a few other folks uh, about their successes and failures with making games out of established IP. Um, And uh, it sounds like, you know, Caesar's Palace kind of fell into their laps because of their relationship to uh, folks at Virgin Interactive. Now, I'm not going to say that I believe this game could have possibly been a hit. I know it was ported to a couple of things, but as we'll talk about later, there's not much here. But was enough for them to sort of prove that they are people that can be trusted with a property and that they can stay on brand and all that. So, um, they made a pretty decent career out of doing, uh, mostly point and click type adventure games based on existing properties. So they followed this one up with uh, Scooby-Doo mystery for the Genesis in 1995. Um, They also worked on a point-and-click adventure game called Blazing Dragons, which was based on a Nelvana cartoon of the same name, created by Monty Python member Terry Jones, featuring the voices of Jones himself, Cheech Marin, and Harry
1: Shearer. I have never heard of this before. That's crazy.
0: I've never heard of it either. Uh, This game came out on the PlayStation and Sega Saturn, though. So um, I don't know if it came out in North America, maybe only in European countries. But yeah, I'd I'd never heard of it. of Blazing Dragons before. So uh this is the th- they they seem to get a lot of properties that um aren't the biggest things in the world with with one exception which we'll get to here. Um so uh another game that they worked on uh, was a uh point and click adventure game based on the animated show Duckman. Oh no. Wow. Okay. Yeah, but uh unfortunately, you know, they They had a few setbacks with it. Um, one of those setbacks being that they could not get Jason Alexander. Big, big problem there. Big problem there. Yeah, at least not for any kind of uh, uh, reasonable price., um, which is actually so it's interesting. There's a quote here from lead programmer Bill Fowler that uh, Henry quotes in his article, or sorry, Mick Henry quotes in his article. Just before the actors started going in for recording, Jason Alexander started making outrageous demands. He had some legitimate concerns. Doing the voice was hard on his throat, and the number of hours of studio time we wanted from him was two or three seasons worth of TV recording. He wanted $100,000 and a dollar a unit in royalties. That was substantially more than we as a company were making from the game. So uh, they ended up having to make the game with Duckman's voice double. Apparently there was one. As they were making the game, the show got canceled over here in America, uh, so they didn't end up doing a lot with it. But it did end up being a hit over in Germany, so they basically just uh, sold all the assets to a German company who dubbed it in German and released it over there. I'm
1: uh, I'm guessing that Jason Alexander's uh, uh, German dub actor did not have the same demands, so they probably did <laughs> probably. manage to get the guy from the German dub of the thing. for for that. So. Yeah.
0: And uh, their, their record of betting on properties that wouldn't go anywhere would continue. You know, they talk a lot about in this article how one nice thing about working with franchises is that a lot of the legwork gets done for you. Characters show up fully formed. There's an established aesthetic and lore. But the downside is that Bad franchises can sink what otherwise might be shaping up to be good games. Uh, At one point, they had a game in development that was testing well, but once it was revealed that the game was tied to an MTV cartoon called The Brothers Grunt, their focus groups were
1: far less enthusiastic about it. Wow. Okay. What is this? I don't, this is another thing I've never heard of.
0: Yeah. I've never heard of the brothers grunt either. It was apparently a very short lived MTV cartoon when, you know, after Beavis and Butthead was a huge hit, they were like, Hey, we need to start making more cartoons. And so they made things like, uh, the max and, uh, uh, Aeon Flux. I guess this was another one of those, but very
1: short-lived. Holy and God, I am looking at this thing now. It is the most hideous thing I think I've ever seen. Like, this is a truly unappealing-looking cartoon. Yeah,
0: I. so I think that the animator of this show, or one of the main um, creators of this show, would go on to do Ed, Ed, Netty, which kind of tracks. Yep, yeah, that looks...
1: It looks like that, but like way, uh, with, with like all the safeguards taken off that, you know, probably like refined the look of Ed, Ed and Eddie to make it something more palatable for like a mass audience. This looks like some like, you know, seventies alt comic nightmare imagery. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I, I didn't see much of it. I've never seen an episode of it, but it sounds like, uh, nobody really liked it. It, it, it lasted for a very short amount of time and does not seem to have any of the sort of, uh, uh, nostalgia or, or, you know, good feelings around it. that things like the max still tend to have by people who know that cartoon. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah. Um, So, you know, they they, they bet big on like Duckman. It didn't work out. But there was one good thing about working on Duckman for the studio is that they managed to use the money that they were given to develop an engine, which they were going to use on future games. So this would cut their development costs uh, down considerably when moving on to the biggest property that they managed to snag, which was. Beavis and Butthead. Ah. Um, so they made, uh, they ended up making two games based on Beavis and Butthead. Beavis and Butthead Do You and uh, Beavis and Butthead.
1: Um, I can't remember something about golf. Beavis and Butthead Do Golf. Sure. I don't we'll know. call it that. Hey, so real quick, I did find the name of the golf oh, yeah. game and uh, it is very good. Oh, actually, uh, it is MTV's Beavis and Butthead Bunghole in One. There you go. Okay. I knew it was something like Perfect. that. Perfect. Perfect.
0: <laughs> so Beavis and Butthead came with their own problems related to their voice cast. Uh, at first Beavis and Butthead creator and voice actor, Mike judge was relatively affordable being the creator of a modest cable success that was on the wane around this time. But as development went on, Mike judge would land a successful sitcom on Fox King of the Hill. And was suddenly far more expensive making matters worse. Judge had a contract with GT interactive, which was the company contracting illusion to make the game that, he could sue them if they hired a sound alike. Woof. And so their point and click adventure game about Beavis and Butthead had to be completely rewritten to cut down on the amount of dialogue. Um, they also went in and, and like were allowed to pull quotes from episodes. So that also cut down on the amount of time that they needed Judge to do the voices, but this still kind of hampered the game a little bit. Uh, as the 90s drew to a close, all GT really had left was Beavis and Butthead, a franchise whose best days were far behind it by that point, and its talent was prohibitively expensive. <laughs> As McHenry writes, GT took a long, hard look at the license and decided to pull the plug. With no signs of any other work coming in anytime soon, Collitz did the same thing. And that appears to have been the end of Illusion. Yeah, very, very strange little story in, in company there. Just doing
1: these um (laughs) it's having some of the worst luck with franchises it seems yeah i mean it's interesting it really kind of speaks to how how challenging it probably was to be you know uh doing licensed games and trying to ride kind of the bleeding edge of like multimedia stuff in the 90s because it's like yes you do you do have to deal with you know the expectations of like Hollywood actors, uh, you know, coming in and and expecting, you know, to to get get paid for like the kind of the kind of work that that they would be doing in in other mediums in a medium that's totally not set up in like a business sense to deal with that. Like there was not one hundred thousand dollars to pay Jason Alexander. Right. There simply wasn't, you know. Uh, But it's like you can't really argue that he's. Being unreasonable there, so no, no certainly yeah. not. I mean,
0: you know, voice acting can be, you know, very taxing. Work. It, yeah, I mean,
1: frankly, it just means that we should be paying voice actors, you know, across the board way more than we are. But especially back in the nineties, that was like not on the table. And yeah, when your property, when your games are all tied to the authenticity of the product in a way, uh, it's really tough. Yeah, this definitely just sounds like the the story of a a you know, perfectly capable studio that sort of shot its shot in kind of uh, a difficult time to be doing what they were trying to do.
0: It's the story of the company that made this one. But um, as far as the game itself is concerned,
1: uh, yeah, not not a lot, not a lot happening here. Um, It is a casino game. Not a lot happening, but also quite a bit happening in terms of like the scope of the casino games that they're trying to portray here. Because I would have assumed going into this, this was all going to be pretty much just like, you know, card games, maybe a virtual slot machine or two. But like there's more stuff going on. Apart from that, there's video horse racing. Uh, There's a whole like. Casino floor that you're supposed to walk around and like talk to other people in and like uh, all of this feels bad like the the aesthetic of this game is like sort of uncomfortably uh uncomfortably industrial in a way like it feels like this is a I, I don't know this, this is a, this it's an odd feeling game in that like it it kind of gives the sense that it's there to get you to the casino stuff as quickly as possible, but also that everyone, everything about it is a little bit hostile to you being there too. I can't really explain it. It's tough to, to kind of get, get, get to what I'm trying to say here. Well, you know,
0: I mean, some of the (sighs) areas are off limits to you until you've established yourself as a high
1: roller. Yes, of course. So, you know, there, there is that. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But yeah, there's like a just a combination of like digitized graphics of people, very functional casino menus that don't really have any like embellishments. Uh, And also also just kind of too much going on at any one time. Like you always have access to this like chip counter that's at the bottom of the screen where you're supposed to physically pick up chips to bet on games with. And like I found this whole thing very awkward to use, but it is all functional. It all works. It's just none of it works well. And I don't really think this is the fault of the people making the game. I think this is all working like kind of as intended. I just don't like any of it. Well, I don't know. I mean, I, I think
0: there's a little bit more they could have done. Like, you know, like the way to bring up the chip tray in, in a lot of places is just, like, hit down on the D-pad to, yeah. you know, like, bring the uh, you hand know, down and,
1: I don't uh-huh. know, it's, it, it's all
0: weird. And no, like that's it's,
1: that's true. The the chip thing, the chip tray, I think, really is not intuitive to use. Yeah. They could have done that better. And, like, they do have, like, a little,
0: you know, picture of the, the SNES controller with, you know, like, what all the buttons do before you yep. play each game, which is good. But I mean, like, Is there a reason why that information couldn't have stayed on the screen somewhere?
1: Right. Yeah. And like, also whenever you bring up the instructions for the casino games, it's just like page after page of text. And like, you have to go through the whole thing anytime you want to look at this. Uh, So it's like, okay, I'm going to read a little manual on how to play this variation of poker. And uh, hopefully I get it because if I don't, I'm going to have to bring this up and read through the whole thing again. And uh, yeah, it's not very easily. It doesn't feel like there's any kind of like a good sort of quick reference Mm -mm. guide to how all these games work. I don't know. I just I mean, for one thing, I find casinos and casino games kind of distasteful in this kind of setting where it's like trying to replicate the actual casino experience in some way. Uh, I I just I don't it it doesn't appeal to me at all. Uh, But even if it did, I don't really know that this would help
0: like yeah uh, yeah i mean i have to think that even by the time this game came out we were only a couple years removed from like some bargain bin casino games cd-rom for
1: windows Definitely. or something being
0: available for five bucks oh, for
1: for sure there's got to be cheaper ways to get more or less this this same experience <laughs> yeah and
0: i think that's the 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 biggest knock against this is like why would you play this when you can almost certainly play these games probably for free online somewhere? Uh, Not, not necessarily talking about like places where you're actually gambling online. Don't do those. Don't, don't do those. those.
1: But if, but if you do want to play cards online, you can absolutely play that for free uh, in an, an easy way Mm -hmm. that is not going to be, I mean, don't, there's no way, no reason to emulate this game in two, 2023, you know,
0: I mean like yeah like a lot of the presentation here feels a little bit lazy to me. Like you've only got one character avatar. Hey, are you do you happen to be a woman? Well, too bad, because the character avatar is this bland dude looking guy walking around. Yeah, this around. Is a
1: very schlubby looking middle aged white guy walking around in like, you know, like a yeah. dress shirt and slacks. Um uh, there there's no
0: music that plays during nope. the
1: games. Um
0: Like they have, like they let you bet on horse racing, but there's no like simulated horse race for you to watch. Yeah, (laughs) like
1: that was crazy to me. Like it's like what? So it's literally just watching the numbers go up and down. Yeah, like Like why would you even do this? Why would you do this? Yeah, yeah. Why would you even put that in your game? and I, I think I used the phrase replicating the casino experience a little while ago. And I guess that's not really true because casinos are designed to draw you in and like, they're glossy. They're, they're full of like, especially a place like Caesar's palace is full of like, you know, uh, glitz and embellishment. And like, this has none of that. It's just completely functional. Like you want to play some casino games here? They are. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so I I don't think there's much I don't like to it. this. Uh, nah. Yeah, and I, and I think what's there could have been done a lot better even at, at this point in time. So. Yeah, yeah,
1: um, I agree. So uh, uh, don't you don't need to play this. Yeah, but I also don't think it's like one of the worst things ever in terms of like what this game, how this game is put together. So I'm going to say I would probably if we're going to the list, I would probably put this in, in the D column. How do you feel?
0: Probably. What was the name of the other gambling game that we played? The other casino game? Oh, uh, oh Vegas uh, Stakes. Vegas Stakes, yeah. That one's also in the D tier. I mean, at least that one that's had, probably better than this, you know? Yeah. I, like, at least that one had, like, the, the other characters that you can bring with you,
1: and there's, like, some,
0: you know, strategy
1: involved. Yeah, no, that's got a little bit of something going on. This really does not... Well, I mean, okay, do you think this is bad enough that you would put it in F? Ooh, you know, uh, um... I mean, I don't like it. Mm. I don't have any good feelings about this game. I mean, w- would you rather... Mm, let me think here.
0: Like, do you think this is a better game than Bram
1: Stoker's Dracula? Uh, it's more functional. Okay. I mean, I think that you, you know, can play okay. this game, you know, you know yeah. and
0: like... That, yeah. that, that's all I need to hear. You know what? I'm I'm good with putting this in D. Okay. well d it is for super caesar's palace all right uh well done super caesar's palace you've just barely managed to not be
1: f tier. Yeah, yeah yeah and i would say just barely like truly it is scraping by on the skin of its uh the skin of its teeth here yeah all right well uh that's super caesar's
0: palace and i guess uh it's time to go from Super Caesar's Palace to uh, to, to Jabba's Palace. No, not Jabba's no, Palace. Not, the war,
1: not, not that one yet. No, uh, we're not that one we'll, yet. We still have to get to that one. Uh, uh, but we are going to somewhere that's also fairly charmless. Uh, <laughs> the 16-bit recreation of the ice planet Hoth. Yeah. In and... Super Star Wars. Uh, the Empire Strikes Back.
0: Yeah, so, uh, so in, in, in case you guys are not
1: familiar with Star Wars, I know there's probably a lot of you out there who, who are like, what, Star Wars? What is this? Yeah. We should probably really go through it because yeah. this is not really something that would be common knowledge. But, uh, yeah. you know, it's uh, – so, well, so-, so Star Wars was created in 19 uh, 19- – 77 by George Lucas, uh, you know, and, uh, it, it, it was, I don't know if anybody knows this, but it was not, uh, expected to be a big hit before it came out. And, uh, well, know, we only need to go through like, you know, the,
0: the, the main story beats of the first one to get everybody caught up to speed. So apparently there was, there was a star of death that was built by dark Vader and, uh, and it got destroyed by, uh, by, by, by Luke's skyhopper. And his friends, uh, the Star Warses, the, the 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 the
1: Star Wars bunch, they I believe they called themselves. Yeah, yeah, the Star Warriors I think was the oh, group you're right, name. you're right, it was yeah. like a superhero team. You yes, know? yeah. Uh, so so
0: they destroyed the the Star of Death, and now the Empire is really mad about that. So they are going to uh, strike back, uh, as it were. Yeah, and yeah. that's that's where we are now. They they have uh, stricken back, and uh, they they've stricken back. They they've actually stricken back at all of us personally by putting by this, game there, this game out there and making yeah. us play this yeah
1: this this is um this game's not yeah. good. I don't like this game. So no, we I I don't like it either. Um, this is made by uh, exactly the same same developer that made uh, the the first Super Star Wars game, which we talked about a while back. Uh, if you want to hear us talk about kind of the the genesis of the whole thing, uh, please go listen to that episode. We're not really going to go through it again here. We're just going to talk about this game. And uh, wow, what a disappointment! We really liked that first one. It's actually a fairly high rated game for us.
0: Yeah. You know, the, the first game has a reputation for being pretty difficult. Um, this game doesn't have much of a reputation at all, honestly. And now yeah, I'm, and think after I'm, playing it, I kind
1: of see why. Yeah.
0: yeah. Well, it's also difficult, but like not, in any kind of fun way, like everything feels very slidey. And I mean, maybe it's on purpose because you're in an icy place. Yeah. It's a 2d platformer and where you can actually walk is not always, um, you know, clear. Yeah. Yeah.
1: There's, there's lots of places where ground will just fall down. Uh, you know, under you with no warning. Um, yeah. I mean, I would say, uh, tell me if you think this is right. To me, this game feels like, uh, super Star Wars for super players. Does that does that work for you? Because that's the feel I get from this in, in much the same way as like Super Mario Brothers. The Lost Levels is like Mario Brothers, but cranked up to 11 for people who have like mastered the first game. This feels utterly unforgiving right from the start. Uh, but in a way that's just awful, like just truly Un, unearned in a way that you know just it sucks. It's not not enjoyable to play.
0: I, I'm not sure if um if, if you're being too generous to this game or if you're being less charitable than I would be to Super Mario Brothers the lost levels. I I am being
1: I am being less charitable to Super Mario Brothers the okay. lost levels. I'm, I'm mainly making a joke because I do think that you know. Say what you will about the Lost Levels is still a game made by Nintendo. There's a level of quality and thoughtfulness to it that just isn't there in this. But, you know, I'm trying to give a sense of, like, how brutal I find this game. I mean, okay, this game is starting from kind of uh, kind of a a a difficult position for me anyway, because I'm pretty sure I, I must have mentioned this at some point before, but I don't like ice or snow levels in games. Like, there are games that can get over that with me, but uh, that is like a setting that I find just intrinsically unappealing in, in games for some reason. So the fact that... You know, okay, people listening to this probably are are broadly familiar with The Empire Strikes Back. So, you know that it it features like a big opening sequence set on Hoth, an ice planet. There's a big battle sequence there. (laughs) Then the characters kind of split up. Luke Skywalker goes to Dagobah to train as a Jedi with Yoda while everybody else goes to the Cloud City where they get into some real trouble with a trap laid by the Empire to kind of draw Luke there. And then Luke shows up, he fights Darth Vader, gets his hand cut off, finds out some very troubling information about his family, and that's the end of the movie. So that's kind of how this game goes too, but really wildly unbalanced fully half of this game is hoth levels yeah yeah so
0: you know to go back to your comparison uh to the lost levels like the lost levels are challenging because they feel like they were deliberately set up to be challenging this feels like it's challenging because like you know enemies are constantly respawning, and because like again the platform it's not always clear like what's actually a platform sometimes um You know, like there's little bonuses you can pick up, but they're like hidden in the most ridiculous
1: places that you would never think to look without a guide helping you. God. Yeah, this really does feel like a game meant to sell a guide. I I did want to mention that at some point. Like there's a thing and I think it's like the second level where there's a, a power up that is hidden down a series of invisible platforms over a death pit. And there is absolutely no way to know this thing is there. There's no indications. There's no, unless you happen to get lucky and like fall onto this thing and then, you know, feel out where all the right platforms are, maybe using the force, uh, because I can't see how you'd figure it out otherwise. I actually found it by
0: accident the first time I went through because I fell down there. But here's the thing. I was riding on the Tauntaun and I don't think you can get back up from there while you're riding the Tauntaun because you can't double jump on the Tauntaun. Yeah, that's true. I do not know how to dismount the Tauntaun. I still don't know how to dismount the Tauntaun because they didn't say how to do it in the instruction manual and none of the buttons I pushed seemed to be dismounting the Tauntaun. I literally had to go back and get the Tauntaun killed so that I could go
1: into the cave to start the second level first time I played this. Like, why did they design it this way? I don't know. I hate the Tauntaun, and that sucks, because I think Tauntauns are cute. Generally speaking, I'm down with a level in a Star Wars game where you're riding one. But here, like, I don't know what the point the Tauntaun is supposed to serve, other than the fact that Luke rides one in the movies, so you're going to ride one in, like, four levels of this game. So, like, the Tauntaun is... Big. It has a longer life bar than Luke, but it drastically limits his movement and it makes his hitbox way bigger. So I don't I don't understand what they were doing with this, Uh but I hate it. And I did not get past that second level where you're in the caves.
0: Like the, you, you fight the the wampas at some point and they can yep. freeze you. And I don't yep. know what you're supposed to do once you get frozen. Uh, uh No. Yeah. Just really unreasonable stuff that they throw at you that makes this game really not fun um you know again like just just platforming in this game is a challenge because
1: it feels bad yeah yeah
0: you slide around like if you're going up an incline it's not always clear like okay is the incline going like this way or like if i jump up here am i actually going to land on something that's meant to be a platform or is it just you know like decoration um, it, it's an earthworm
1: gym problem <laughs> It's very much an earthworm gym problem I thought about that game a lot while playing this Cause like, yeah, the graphics in this are nice But they're so over embellished That it's, they're completely unreadable Like this game is, is a, just an absolute disaster From like a game design standpoint
0: I don't like this at all. This was deeply frustrating. Um, You know, like it's not the kind of challenge like the original star Wars game was where I feel like I could get better by, you know, practicing. Like I, I feel like I get better at this game by exploiting it. You know, that's what it feels like.
1: A hundred percent. Yeah. I just hated playing it. I didn't want to hate playing it. I was excited about this game coming into it, but man, what a hugely unfriendly game to a player. Like, just, I'm, I'm honestly kind of stunned. And there are other things in this game, uh, we should say, uh, that that do show up later. You do play as characters other than Luke, eventually, and there are some vehicle segments. They do, of course, recreate the uh, the the big um, vehicle-based uh, snowspeeder action sequence from the movie with the, the AT-AT walkers, uh, you know, and that... From footage I've seen of it, looks very impressive. It looks like a very impressive use of Mode 7. But uh, I can't speak to how it plays because you have to get through like 10 levels on foot as Luke before you get to that. I don't know. There's other stuff hidden in this that maybe is fun, but it's buried so deep in this dang thing that I can't imagine ever getting to it. Where is Super Star Wars, the original on our list? It's a a B-tier game. We didn't think it was quite good enough to go into the a tier but yeah it's got some pretty good company with a bunch of other good very good games in b tier uh obviously this one's not going in b no no definitely not um how far down do you think this one goes i guess is the question i mean i don't
0: think this one belongs in c either it probably belongs in d but i i don't know again like is this
1: better than Bam- Bram Stoker's Dracula? I don't remember much I, about that game unfortunately. I, you know, I I don't either. Uh I mean, I think this one has a a level of production value that very few things in the D or F tier have, but mm-hmm. it is so bad to actually play that I may actually put this all the way down in F personally. Yeah, like that's how much I disliked this game. Yeah, if it goes in F, it definitely goes pretty it's high, high F, F sure. Yeah.
0: Like, I wouldn't put this below, like, Cliffhanger.
1: No, it definitely wouldn't go that far. I mean, it's not as bad as James Bond Jr., probably. But I don't know. It may be worse than Chuck Rock. I may rather play Chuck Rock than this. I don't know if I would cuz I just find the character of Chuck
0: Rock himself so
1: unpleasant. Oh uh, to yeah, look at. he's really unpleasant. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to look let's look at what's in D and let's see if if there's other things here that feel like good co- comparisons for this because honestly D is probably the place for this to go. So we've got things like wolf child and Arrow the Acrobat, this is probably on the level of an Arrow the Acrobat in terms of playability. Yeah, I mean, I think what saved Arrow the Acrobat from F is that,
0: like, there's really good fundamentals it, it, in play. Just with bad that level design. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously, there is a good foundation here because the mechanics are very similar to the first game. Sure. Uh, we know that they can
1: be used for to, to make a good game. Um, totally. You so, know yeah, what? I'm I'm also seeing Outlander on here. I do not think this game is worse than Outlander. Okay, fair enough. So so uh, this is a D tier game. Okay, all
0: right. So uh, congratulations, I guess, Super Star Wars: The Empire Strikes Back. Uh, Your
1: D tier. Um, yep, you just barely made it out of that Sarlacc pit. So yeah, yeah, yeah. That, um, maybe Return of the Jedi will be good again. Maybe it will bring balance to the force. Yeah. Whereas this yeah, one. Like, I mean, here, here's the
0: thing. I can't hate this game as much as the average Star Wars fan seems to hate Star Wars.
1: So, you know, <laughs> like, uh, that is true. That is true. Yeah. Like I, I,
0: I, I don't watch much Star Wars. I, it's never really grabbed me. But um, mm-hmm But, wow, Star Wars fans sure do seem
1: to hate Star
0: Wars. There seems to be
1: very few fandoms unhappier than Star Wars, truly. Yeah. Like, I like Star Wars, and I stay the hell away from practically everyone else who also likes Star Wars. Not because I think (laughs) that they're all bad people, but because you just don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, that is
0: Super Star Wars The Empire Strikes Back. Just one game left to talk about today, and that is sunset riders so uh get get on your your horses
1: and yep uh, buckle up your six shooter mm -hmm. and uh cock your hat at a jaunty angle wrangle them doggies
0: uh doggies is slang slang for cows i'm assuming i
1: think so yeah okay let's uh
0: let's let's do it let's let's do cowboy things yeehaw
1: Uh, so yeah, Sunset Riders, a game I keep wanting to call Wild Guns. It's not Wild Guns. That's a very different game that we're going to play in a long time from now. But, uh, but yeah, Sunset Riders, what's going on with this one? Well, this one is uh, by Konami. Uh, they, uh, released this as an arcade game
0: originally. This is a port of the 1991 arcade game. Uh, this game is pretty faithful to the arcade original with a few exceptions uh the big one being that the the arcade game was a four player co-op this is only right, two right. which you know pretty standard thing to happen you on do the what Super you Nintendo. yeah
1: I mean there's very few Super Nintendo games that managed to get 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 over that one mm-hmm. um but yeah I uh, This is pretty faithful, though, a lot more faithful from what I understand than the Genesis version, which made big cuts to levels and bosses. But it's all pretty much here in this one.
0: Yeah, I think there were still some cuts done. And I don't know if it was to save space on sprites or if it was done to... not have quite as many racist Native American stereotypes yeah, in the game. Yeah, there's not,
1: there's not a ton of those here, but there sure are some. In particular, a very unfortunate boss fight.
0: Yeah, uh, at least one unfortunate boss fight, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, also, I think that the, some of the female characters are dressed a little more conservatively. Yep, that uh, and, would not surprise me. And uh, female henchmen are replaced with men. Again, like...
1: Maybe it's a pretty standard thing. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Probably because Nintendo was still not all that cool with, you know, doing harm to women in games. Also, you know, hey, if you can just replace them with the same guy sprites from the last
1: level, then you've got that much space left. So, yep, uh, that's definitely true. And uh, yeah, so this game and in terms of what it actually is, this plays very similarly to Contra. It's a run and gun shooter. Uh, you die in one hit. You've got in this game four different bounty hunters, uh, tough hombres that you can play as who all have a different gun. And yeah, uh, you go through a series of levels that frequently have little gimmicks. Like so one will be an auto scroller, one will have you shooting uh, kind of uh up into the screen at sort of a shooting gallery of people. There will occasionally be uh, an actual shooting gallery bonus stage where you're just moving a cursor around on the screen and trying to shoot guys as they pop up from various bits of scenery. And uh, yeah, there's there's a lot of variety, a lot of bespoke encounters in this. And it is uh, I think it's very cool. Yeah, I really like this game, and I am not
0: usually one for Western theme stuff. I I have the, I have a similar reaction to you when it comes to uh, ice levels, but but with uh, you know like the Wild West, um, I'm usually pretty bored by that. But this is um, very colorful. It, like all the characters have a distinct kind of you know color that is associated with them. Um, I like that one of the main characters, uh, seems to be, uh, uh, Latine, which, you know, it's like, yeah, a lot of, a
1: lot of, that's our guy. That's, that's our guy Cormano, right?
0: Like, yeah, a lot of cowboys were Mexican and, uh, Hollywood, especially classic Hollywood, like to ignore that a lot of the time. So it is true. So I was happy to see some representation there by, you know, the protagonists. Um, yeah, but yeah, you know, in general, it's just a very fun game. Um, you know, I didn't find this game nearly as intimidating as I usually find the average contra game. Like the the action is not quite mm-hmm. as fast as that.
1: It is, it is kind of a little slower paced and a little more, uh, I think, a little more spread out in some ways. There's not like a ton of stuff always on screen all the time. So, you know, and the levels are kind of broken up by nice little set piece things like in the first level, uh, various things where you have to jump across a bunch of cows that are stampede or bulls that are stampeding uh, between a couple of the big, big shootouts. And, uh, yeah, uh, there's a few levels where you're on horseback sort of chasing a train or a wagon or something. And, yeah, it's uh, it's just good. Like, I I think there's a lot of care and, uh, you know, effort put into all of the parts of this game. It doesn't feel like there's any sort of bum notes in terms of you know what they what they've designed these levels around and i think that even though the graphics here are a lot less detailed than they are in the arcade version i think it all conveys the sense of it really well
0: yeah this game's got a very strong aesthetic that i really enjoy i i think it's absolutely wonderful um i was also playing on the easy mode the entire time so i don't know like oh, yeah. how yeah. higher difficulties um make the game harder if like bullets are moving faster um or, or something like that but you know I, I found this game to be very readable like bullets are always flashing so you know like what is uh going to hurt you um you know you get you can get power ups you can you know make your your little six shooter ridiculously powerful That make your little revolver like inexplicably shoot in a spread and things
1: like that yep. yeah yeah um, no, it's, it's funny because this game does not really indulge in any, like... Like, this doesn't have any, like, fantastical or science fiction elements in it. But it does not... It is not a realistic game. It is still, like, a goofy, fun arcade game, you know, at heart. Uh, with lots of, of, you know... Yeah, power-ups for your guns and, you know... Uh, Bosses that shoot in like spread patterns and things like that And yeah, like it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's very, it's very entertaining I would say in just in terms of like That they, they, they clearly did the What what I think is, is sort of the, the ideal of like an arcade game thing Where every bit of it's supposed to delight you in some way Yeah, the, the
0: cartoony bosses kind of reminded me of the Capcom shooter Gunsmoke in a way
1: Oh yeah, I can see yeah. that. I can like, definitely like see that. A lot of that. very,
0: you know, like cart, like very strong, cartoony silhouettes on some of these guys. It it, it was it was very good. Mm-hmm. I liked the little voice c- clips from most of the bosses, not necessarily the yeah. some of the more stereotypy ones, but
1: yeah, no, uh, there are yeah. I mean, to be clear, there are a couple of real unfortunate stereotypes. There's the the aforementioned Native American guy, and another guy who I think maybe is supposed to be supposed to be Mexican or, or maybe, maybe African. I can't tell, but he is, he looks really, really, uh, like I would say almost like obscenely stereotyped. So yeah. Yeah. I I might not have gotten to Uh, that guy. That's in here when
0: you're talking about, but, um, yeah. Uh, the the only Mexican guy I ran into, like the worst thing about him was that he just said, you know, like adios amigo. And, and, he just had a shield, so he didn't seem too egregious to me. But um, there might have been uh, maybe there's somebody I didn't get to yet. But
1: the, the bosses are, are, you know, the ones that are are evil white guys, I think, are are very yeah, fun. Evil, you know, white very to, to boot, so. evil white capitalists to boot. Evil white capitalists. The last boss of this game is a, uh, a, a very fancy uh, British nobleman for some reason. And uh, that's a lot of fun. This is a pretty close to an ideal version of like a, an arcade to home port, I think, for this time period.
0: Yeah, I mean, we, we've know? seen a few games do it better, I think, like TMNT, but not a lot. Not a lot of them. Have also done, from Konami. Yeah, not yeah. a lot of them have done yeah. quite this well. So, um, Also, like the, the shooting gallery bonus stages that you mentioned, I actually really like the way that's implemented where... You have to fire by pressing a direction on the, the D-pad and hitting fire. And it's actually like very intuitive and, and it works very well. Yeah, like, that's really I, good. Yeah, I, I thought that was a lot of fun too. So Yeah, just, just yeah. fun all the way around. I, I really enjoyed this one.
1: One thing also that I'll say for this. For a game that is designed for co-op, it is very playable and very fun as a single-player game. So, you know, that's, that cannot be uh, overstated because some of these things, you really feel the lack of that second player if you're playing by yourself. This one works just fine as, as its own thing. So... So yeah, this is a good one. This is one I would heartily recommend to people, especially if they just kind of miss this one. Because uh, I know I think this is a fairly well liked game, but I don't really hear it talked about as one of like you know the 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 hidden gems of the Super Nintendo lineup. You know, yeah.
0: I, I don't know. I, I think I've definitely heard about it in that conver- in those kinds of conversations. Mm-hmm. But um, mm-hmm. but yeah, I, I really enjoy it. And if we're gonna head over to the list, I'm kind of thinking that. Uh, I, I kind of feel like this is an A tier for me. I kind of
1: think so too, actually. So that means we're we're gonna have to like have to rank it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm immediately looking at Contra Three that here, is which kind of the obvious, obviously yeah. <laughs> is the obvious one. I think maybe this has an edge on Contra Three, just in the terms that it. Uh, it's, you know, a little bit later on in the super Nintendo's lifespan, it maybe is using the technology a little bit better. And also if I'm being honest, Contra three has those top down stages that are not a whole lot of fun. And, uh, this one doesn't, this one sticks to, uh, sticks to its guns, you know, the whole way through. And it's, it's. You know, uh, I think a more consistent experience than Contra yeah. 3. I just think
0: that the overall aesthetic just puts a smile on my face more than Contra 3's does, too. So, yeah, I would definitely put this above Contra 3. Um, does it go any higher? We've got Mario Paint right above that at 28. Very different sorts of things. Very um, different. <laughs> um, I mean, this probably goes above Mario Paint, but... Pro- probably.
1: I like Mario Paint <laughs> a lot. Oh,
0: yeah. I mean, it's in the 8s here. Of course we do.
1: Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I think maybe maybe I would put this somebody in somebody's hands, uh, you know, just as like a game, you know, over Mario Paint, you know? Yeah, yeah. I I think I would put this above super off-road at number 27 mm-hmm. as well.
0: Um then we've got um Goof Troop and Hook at 26 and 25 respectively, and this is where it gets a little tricky. It's a little for tougher me. for me too, yeah.
1: Um hmm. I mean, Goof Troop is also I think Goof Troop's also uh, a good a good co-op game yeah. and a game that I think has, you know, a lot to recommend it. Uh, maybe a little bit more. Uh, I don't know. The levels in Goof Troop are, generally tend to be variations on the same theme, uh, whereas this game, I think, even though it's a shorter game, has has a lot of kind of fun original you know specific set pieces so i don't know what What do you think do you think that you would rather play this over goof troop yeah you know i, I think you're kind of making a good
0: argument for this going above goof troop and and honestly you know as you were saying that and i was thinking about hook um maybe this one goes above hook as well Mm, okay i i I just think that you know like like i mean hook's a great game it's it's very
1: solid oh yeah i mean like you said it's in the a tier yeah so yeah. um very but solid but
0: yeah I do think I, that this one's pretty good and I, I never ran into anything like that last level of hook that i felt yeah was, that last was level was very, of hook
1: is is kind of
0: yeah
1: it, it, it's it's an albatross around that game's neck definitely yeah. granted
0: i don't know what's in the last couple levels of um, of this game yet because I, I didn't get that far. Yeah, yeah. It goes above hook. We've got Lemmings at 24. Yeah. Um, oof. Yeah. They, they, these it's just really get tough. tough. Yeah. These, these They get
1: very tough up at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like, I could almost
0: make an, uh, an argument for it going above Cool Spot, maybe a little bit. Either. Well, I don't know. Cool Spot also controlled really well. Had, like... Yeah. You know, lets you shoot in multiple directions like this game does... Mm -hmm. Mm. like this game feels very deliberate in its design like like, yeah yeah it's it's got some very tight presentation which you know it does have the limitations of being like well you know this isn't the game where you're just going to go off
1: and explore the levels you know no but it's not Um, it's not designed for that either right like it's very clear on what it's doing yeah so i'm trying to decide you know if like
0: when I compare this to a game like Cool Spot, because, you know, Cool Spot is a much more exploratory game, um, you know, but it's maybe not quite as tightly produced. It's not constantly, yeah. you know, like giving you like a, a, a new big set piece in, in every level, you know. Right. It yeah. Through it. Although it does have that awesome giant tape player that makes me very happy when I see it. It uh, does. It's
1: true. Uh, You know, the thing I really like about Cool Spot is the way in which it uh, it kind of like there's like a logical progression to all the levels. Like it feels like you're like on a trip somewhere and then you go back out of that place back to the starting point, you know, Uh, like I think that that's like a very fun thing about Cool Spot. So I think that I don't know, I think maybe maybe Cool Spot's actually where it stops for me.
0: Okay, so does it go as high as, like, does it stop at Lemmings, or does it go between Cool Spot and Lemmings, you think?
1: Mm, I know, maybe it goes between Cool Spot and Lemmings. Okay. Like, I That's don't really fine. have, like, a good explanation for that, but it just kind of feels right to me. Okay, I am totally fine with that. So, all right. Um, That's a really good result for Sunset Riders.
0: Yeah. Yeah, well, well learned, I think. Um, I'm to think. I think feel like it's been a little while Since we've had an A tier game
1: uh, Yeah it has been a little while I'm trying to see here what the most recent Because we definitely have a fair number of 93 games on here That's yeah, we do. true yeah. Was the most recent one Would it have been Top Gear 2 Yeah, I'm thinking either that or Zombies Ate My Neighbors. I can't remember now. Yeah, it might be Zombies. Zombies Ate My Neighbors might be a little more recent than that. Um, uh, But yeah, we do have, you know, we we, we still got some good 93 games on there, and I'm happy about that. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Well, uh, I guess that's going to do it for today. I think that is going to do it for us today. And, uh, you know, interesting result. Not the way I would have expected this to go. I mean, I would have thought that Sunset Riders being a Konami arcade port would rank pretty high. But I didn't expect it to be, you know, as good as it was, certainly. And I definitely didn't expect Super Star Wars The Empire Strikes Back to be nearly as bad as it was. Yeah, I really thought that one was...
0: Honestly, I I thought it was going to be like... The first game but maybe a little bit easier which is why it didn't have that reputation yeah. But no, it's just it wasn't yeah. a very good game no it's
1: just a much worse game yeah
0: so all right well um that's gonna do it so i guess we'll talk about what we're gonna do next time
1: uh, uh more games i'm yeah. sure one of which will end up in the a tier surely oh i'm sure i'm sure uh we've got the incredible crash test dummies the ren and stimpy show the idiots and the super aquatic games starring the Aquabats and also James Pond. That's not in the title of the game, but he's yes, there. Yeah. going to have to deal with that guy again. So, uh, look forward to that yep. folks. We'll be back <laughs> at it with you, with you for that one. And I'm sure those are all just great. It'll be a fish stretching. Good time. I'm sure. Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, until that, until next time, I'm any zero. I'm chase keys. Play it loud.
0: Our intro outro song is How Now Brown Cow by TechnoAxe, who very generously offers a ton of great music for free and royalty free at technoaxe.com. That's T E K N O A X E.com. Uh, is Tauntaun Racing, betting on Tauntaun Racing, one of the games in Star Wars?
1: Uh, I've never seen people that. do that. There is a fairly infamous uh, mm-hmm. sequence where uh, some people bet on uh, a animal racing in uh, The Last Jedi. Uh, mm. These th- these big, cute things that look kind of like Falcor from uh, The NeverEnding Story. They're called Faviers. Uh, and... Mm-hmm. Uh, People are betting on those. I bet somebody's racing Tauntauns out there. Oh, yeah. <coughs> Sorry, folks. I'm sick. I know you can pretty easily tell that based on the sound of my voice. But if I sound kind of kind of off in this episode, that's, be- that's 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 why. But uh, but yeah, uh, Fobbiers, they people are racing those and abusing them to make them run faster. So uh, well, not cool. Terrible. It's just the worst. Yeah. Truly, truly terrible. It's almost
0: like we probably shouldn't race animals for sport. Yeah,
1: I mean, that's definitely the perspective that movie takes, to be fair. Um, you know, but, you know, it's there's a whole sequence where the characters set a bunch of these guys free, and they go running through a casino and causing havoc. So, yeah.
0: Oh well see if we, there's if only there was a sequence like that in this game where you can free
1: all the horses and have them just run oh, through the season I wish it would do, a- do something to make this game feel less skeezy